0: God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. How often do you win arguments with yourself? We all talk to ourselves. Sometimes they are the most intelligent conversations we will have. (laughs) But arguing with yourself can be tiring. What's worse is arguing with your past self, shaming and blaming yourself about what you did or didn't do. That's our topic for today. Give a listen. Have you ever watched a high school or college debate team in action? In one example, a proposition of policy is debated. Should a person support a specified action? The first team is in support and has an affirmative stance. The second team has a negative stance on the topic. Assertions can be made concerning the topic, but must have evidence and logic to convince us to believe them. Our past has a proposition for us to support its specified action, live in me. Its assertion is there is no other way for us to live because the past is all we are sure of. After all, it is what it is. But there is another point of view and another assertion. But to debate, the issue is questionable. Why not forget the past and live today? Hence the title of my poem today, Why Argue with the Past. To argue with the past, what a stupid pastime, for it is passed away. Why should I debate with its corpse? What will I gain in that discourse? What of it will change? I have tried to understand some of the facts of my thoughts and how I react to ascertain a reason or a clue of a flaw that to me was glued. But in the past itself alone abides, the facts only and not the truth. The past is frozen in time, an unchanging grime. What is done is done until we turn to the one who abides in eternity. As I gaze into yesteryear, I feel a draw upon my soul. It calls for me to stay this day again to take a toll. To live yet again in its ways, just accept me as I am, is its refrain. The past I cannot change, the time I cannot regain, but an end to its pain is within my reach. The truth we must preach to ourselves we must teach, only in Christ is their relief. Thinking, breathing, walking in this day, in his newness is the way. A new creation, the old is dead, this the scripture has said. What I was and who I am are different chapters in my program. To the past I say, adieu. I turn the page and start anew. I've spent many years studying emotional or inner healing. The first challenge we face is admitting we have a challenge. Once a problem is recognized, a solution can be found. To deny the problem and the pain associated with it does not bring change. But there are challenges in trying to figure out some challenges. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, we are told that... Ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. The former conversation or conduct is said to be corrupt according to deceitful lust. If something is deceitful, can you find a logical explanation for it? It's a lie. We were beguiled into an action or desire. It's trickery. I have fought in my mind with the past at times, trying to understand why I did certain things. Finally, I heard the truth and realized I was fighting with a lie. The motivations of the old nature, the carnal, the flesh, were based on lies. Many of us were deceived into desires and actions. I've come to realize I no longer need to fight with the lie. I simply declare the truth of who I am. I am not the person of the past. I am God's beloved child in whom he is well pleased. Furthermore, Ephesians instructs us to put off the old and be renewed and put on the new. Putting off literally means to separate it from ourselves and lay it aside. It is no longer a part of us and we are to put on or clothe ourselves with the new man. Sometimes putting off can be a process, unfortunately a long process. But to put off doesn't mean to debate, worry about, try and understand. It means to separate ourselves and reach out to the righteousness and holiness of the new man. It is a change in focus from what has happened to what God promises will happen when we believe his promises. To argue with the past is literally to argue with a corpse. It's dead. What can be gained from a long search of the whys and wherefores? We can point to certain events and moments in our lives that defined us for a period of time. We can endeavor to quantify why something happened, but in some cases, there's no logical reason. In these moments, we must simply trust in the truth and declare it. The Apostle Paul's reaction to his past was to forget what was behind and reach forth into that which was before. And he wasn't even talking about bad events. Continuing to continue thinking of the past doesn't allow us to walk in freedom today. You are what you are. It is what it is. And variations on the theme are all circular logic. The truth is, we are what God has made us in Christ. The world teaches us that the leopard cannot change his spots. Good thing we're not leopards. What we used to be is indeed factual. I was a sinner. Unfortunately, at times, I still sin. But the truth is, I am now made righteous by Christ. I've been justified by faith in Jesus. I have been cleansed by his blood. I do not need to carry the title of sinner as my definition. My new definition is in Jesus. I am accepted in him. When I say my new definition is in Jesus, it's because that's what I have chosen to believe. Some people say you are what you eat, and there is some truth in that for sure. But more so, you are what you think. The scripture says this in the first part of Proverbs 23 Verse 7 For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The choice is ours to have stinking thinking or to accept the truth and recognize we are seated at the right hand of God at this moment. It is a part of our identification with Christ. What, if anything, is haunting you? There's a sci fi TV show wherein one of the main characters relives the death of his wife over and over again. Some aliens are watching him endure the pain repeatedly, finding he looks at them and asks, Why are you taking me back to this moment? Their response is, We are not taking you here. You are bringing us here. Are there moments that you are reliving over and over again? And how's that working for you? I'm not trying to be smug. I know how easy it is to fall into that trap. I've been there all too often myself, but I've come to see certain traps as it is happening and have learned to turn away. Rarely do we need someone else to tell us about our problems. We're all too aware of our weaknesses. So what are we doing about them? Are we repenting, making declarations of newness, meditating on scripture, or just repeating the problem? We need to be repeating the promises of God concerning our weaknesses. And don't forget, God knew about your weaknesses long before he created the heavens and the earth. He chose you before the first particle of dust was made. Many times I have chosen to simply think of myself as a three-year-old child totally dependent upon my father to care for me. In this identity, I am innocent. I have no past to haunt me. I only see what my Father is doing in front of me. And what I see is, He is watching after me. He cares for my every need. He comforts me. He holds me. I laugh and giggle and rest in His arms. Now that is a good example of the way to think. How do you picture yourself? When Jesus was tempted, His response was, It is written. When we are tempted to look at the past, what is our response? Our past need not be years old. It could simply be a blunder or a misstep from yesterday or last week. There is always something to taunt us and try and turn our focus away from the truth of who we have been made in Christ. Can you say I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me and believe it right now? Say it out loud right now. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. How do you respond to that statement about yourself? Does it resonate deep within your heart in belief? Or does it sound hollow due to unbelief? Can you say, I am his beloved in whom he is well pleased? Can you say, God is faithful to his promises? With each challenge, there is a beginning, a middle, and according to God's word, there is an end. We are victorious in Christ. This is the spiritual reality and truth, but it is up to us to make it our reality and truth by faith. Take some time right now to speak the truth over yourself. Take a moment and remember some of the answers to prayer the Lord has provided for you. In each answered prayer, you have a testimony. You know he is faithful to his promises in that answer. You know he cares. Somewhere I heard this line that in God's faithfulness is our confidence. We still might be struggling with things, but we can be assured that God is always there helping us. He calls us into this day with a promise of a hope and a future. Stop fighting with the past. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Debate is a battle of brains. Sadly, though, we seem to battle our own brains and need no one else to be present. In Isaiah twenty-six, three, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Where do we keep our minds? Where do we put them? What do we allow within them? Only in staying our mind on the truth will we get peace. Make the declaration today to live today and declare, Yesterday has ended.